Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the letter 1 Peter. Today is episode 1012, and we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Let's read the passage. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. If you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, a living stone, rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves, as living stones, spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So honor will come to you who believe. But for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone, and a stone to stumble over, and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word, and they were destined for this. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is First Peter. It's a letter from Peter to Christians scattered through Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. They're suffering persecution, and it's challenging to be followers of Christ in this persecution. And so he's helping them focus on their salvation. That's a much bigger deal than anything they face in the world. And so their salvation should lead to holiness in living, reverence toward God, and a love for one another. So let's pick it up now in chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. So therefore, in light of the fact of what God has done, God God has brought about salvation. And so, in light of that, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Now, you would think when he was talking about in light of salvation, he would say, don't be like the pagans anymore. What we're talking about here is not really paganism. He's just talking about vices, moral failings, the kind of things that too often are overlooked in church, even our modern-day churches. How often is there deceit, malice, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, even within the church? And remember, the thing he just has talked about is this need to love one another. Our relationship with one another is important, and all these things are challenges against that love for one another. These are vices that, that tend to destroy community. So, If you're thinking about salvation and all that brings, then act like you're saved people. Verse 2, like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. Well, sometimes when Paul talks about milk, he's talking about being newborns. You need to grow beyond that and start eating solid food like adult people. That's not what the imagery is being used here by Peter. He's talking about the basic nutrition for growth, for life. And he's 
saying is basically it's the word of God. And you need to desire that like a newborn infant desires milk in order to live, in order to grow. We need the milk of the word of God in order to live and grow. He says, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. Now notice this is in contrast to verse 1. These vices, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. He doesn't say instead, here's five good things to do. He says, instead of doing these bad things, hunger for God. Hunger for the word of God. That will help you grow up in your salvation. So, it's not a matter of legalism, of doing good. It's a matter of growing your relationship with God through the word of God. Verse 3, if you have tasted that the Lord is good. This is the language of Psalm 34, verse 8. And he's, he's using a lot of Old Testament language here. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God. This is the language of Psalm 118, 22. You yourselves, as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood, offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. There's a lot there. So the idea here is, Jesus is this stone that was rejected by the builders, but has turned out to be the most important stone of all, the cornerstone. So in verse 4, he's talking about, Jesus Christ is the living stone. Then in verse 5, it's the followers of Christ are living stones like Christ. And they become this new house of God and are the priests who serve in the new house of God. And they offer sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices. Now elsewhere we see praise and thanksgiving talked of as spiritual sacrifices in Hebrews 13, in Romans 12, Ephesians 5, Philippians 4, practicing loving service to one another is given an example as spiritual sacrifices. So these are the kind of things that followers of Christ do. So the followers of Christ are this new temple of God and the priests of this new temple of God. Number six, he says, for it stands in scripture, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him shall never be put to shame. This is from Isaiah 28:16 and Psalm 118:22, verse 7. So honor will come to you who believe. But for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone, and a stone to stumble over, a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word. They were destined for this. So he lays it out. There's two possibilities here. Everyone is going to encounter this stone, the stone the builder rejected, but has become the cornerstone. Those who are followers of Christ encounter the stone and follow Christ, who is this stone the builders rejected. In fact, they themselves then become living stones. So for followers of Christ, they encounter the stone, the stone becomes foundational. But for unbelievers, those have rejected Christ, the stone becomes a stumbling block. And he summarizes that as they stumble because they disobey the word. So they have ignored the gospel. The gospel is 
how to have faith in Jesus Christ. They disregard the gospel. They don't have faith in Christ, but it becomes a stumbling block. Says they were destined for this. He's not talking about individuals' predestination here. He's talking about this is what's in store for unbelievers. Of course, they stumbled on this because they're unbelievers. That's what happens to unbelievers. Verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, such so may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of the darkness into this marvelous light. So, but you, in contrast to the unbelievers who stumble, you're not like that. You are the ones who look to Christ to be in the foundational stone. But you, now these four descriptors, chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, people are for possession. This is Old Testament language, and they're out of it. Exodus 19 and Isaiah 43. So, the chosen race, that's from Isaiah 43, 20, 21. Royal priesthood and holy nation, that's from Exodus 19, 5 and 6. People for his possession, that also is from Isaiah 43, 20 and 21. These are descriptions of Israel. And Peter has taken these descriptions of Israel and applying them to the church, the Christians, the community of Christians. Now, He's talking about the whole of Christianity here, or the whole of the community of followers of Christ. And so you should view it that way as this is the community versus individualism. That's where so often we want to individualize things. And so we see the royal priesthood to say, oh, I am a royal priest. It's not Peter's intention that you are a royal priest. It is we, the followers of Christ, as a group, are the new priesthood. And so he's thinking in community terms. He's thinking in aggregate terms. And, and so you need to follow it that way. Don't try to individualize it and say, what's this mean for me? Well, what it means for me, though, is how I am part of the community. How we as the community do this. That this is what we as a community are called to do. And we do it as a community. Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the language of Hosea. Hosea talked about people, the Israelites, who had basically been rejected by God because of their sin. But through repentance, they could be now become a people again and experience the mercy of God. Peter's applying this to Christianity to the Christian community. And so the idea is you were formerly not the people of God before you were believers, but now as believers you are the people of God. You were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So what's it get at here? Well, it's all back to how to live in a sinful fallen world, especially experiencing persecution as a follower of Christ. And so, celebrate what we have in salvation, what we have through God. Make that our focus. Make sure we're putting away the, the vices of life that so often creep in, even within the church, and grow on the word of God. 
and make sure we understand that we are followers of Christ, that we have this responsibility now, this new position, what used to be Israel. The people of God are the ones who worship God, the ones who serve God, the priesthood who offer the sacrifices. We're in that position now, this special people of God. And it comes with a lot of responsibility. And part of that responsibility is showing what it looks like to the world to know God and follow God. And that's what he's getting at here, how to live as followers of Christ in an evil fallen world. And we do it out loud. We show the world what it looks like to be followers of Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through First Peter.